The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 254, it is December the 19th, 2020, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, it's our final topical show of the year, and we have so much to talk about. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast. That's right. No wrestling podcast existed, and we were like, you know, we need to start one. Many people are saying this, and, you know, big, big, strong motorcycle guys and firemen, they came up to me with tears in their eyes, and they said, thank you, thank you for doing a podcast about wrestling. Well, it is the annual TLC prediction show, preview show? I'm not sure exactly what this is, Uh, but... It was a relatively uh, newsworthy week in WWE. Monday Night Raw did its lowest viewership number ever. (laughs) I guess let's start there. That was a dreadful show with a couple of uh, comedic bright spots. But uh, by and large, a dreadful show. Bad wrestling, bad finishes, bad creative, bad promos. Just a really dreadful show all around. Uh, how do you fix it? Um, well, my f- first instinct is to bring the big show back. I like uh, it. Uh, maybe Kane, too. Um, mm-hmm. um, hmm. Well, we just had gonna... Randy Orton as champion. You know you're going to get a Hogan and Flair segment at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um it's in- Anytime you can bring senior citizen citizens into the uh, COVID bubble, you need to. Oh, of course, of course, it's very important. Um, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> sure, bring him out. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the old old farts they had out there for Undertaker's uh, uh, final farewell. LOL. Um, the Godfather. Sure. The the Godwins. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> strap the rocker to Henry O. Why not? It's worth a shot. I mean, clearly what they're doing is not working. And what they're doing is, well, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, other than <laughs> desperately filling time. Um, there's, it seemed like for most of the year, like the idea was um, make Drew McIntyre, and then the, I guess, like, Starting in the fall, it was make Roman Reigns the top heel, and that's working out a lot better on SmackDown. And uh, Monday Night Raw on Monday was built around The Fiend and Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre was not on a show until the last segment. And I'm not saying that he's the answer, but sure seems like they've become enamored with this horrendous Fiend character. <laughs> <laughs> That kills, creatively kills everyone that he touches, and clearly means nothing for viewership numbers or interest in the product, and yet he's all over these shows every single week. 
Yeah, well, you see, he may he may be bad, and he may be bad um, specifically at uh, like drawing interest in wrestling matches. But on the bright side, you have to remember, Ethan, that the matches are also terrible. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. He, he's a real triple threat. <laughs> um, to be fair, as you alluded to, the best part. Part of Monday Night Raw was when our truth asked Bray Wyatt if he was Huskus the pig's father, and then turned to the pig and said, "What a beautiful family!" Yes, and I, I was personally a fan of the moment where Matt Riddle approached Bray Wyatt backstage and said, "Hey, bro," and Wyatt said, "Actually, it's Bray." <laughs> <laughs> a rare WWE comedy hit. Yes, uh, it's. That's uh, that's like a that's like seeing a unicorn. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, they did a lot of comedy, um, a lot of Miz and Morrison on this show, and, and as you as you mentioned, uh, uh, Drew really wasn't on the show until the very end of it. And it's one of those things where if you look at it on paper, it's like all right, it's the final show. AJ puts them through a table. Like, that's fine, but that's nothing. One, it's not like the start of the show you go, hey, guess what? Drew Drew McIntyre's coming out to fight AJ Styles at the end of this show. And AJ Styles is vowing that he's going to put Drew through a table. There's going to be this big confrontation. It's like, no, they didn't really... And I don't know that that would have prevented the lowest rating... <laughs> in uh in the show's in the show's history or not but like yeah they just they just kind of did some stuff uh aj beat up sheamus earlier in the night and then he's just they just they just kind of did some stuff like it i didn't think it was like some heinous show i just thought it was bad and then of course the icing on the cake being randy orton uh lighting a casket on fire and uh the poor man's murder clown uh breaking out of it and because I, I, I don't, I guess so. We want to buy the pay per view or buy a network subscription to see Bray get even more revenge. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure who I'm supposed to like in this feud. Um, really, though, like forget the nuts and bolts of creatively what did or didn't work. Mm-hmm. A a huge problem is that. The, the the featured players on this show were uh, Sheamus. It's been around for over a decade. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles, God bless him, but has been on cable television for 15 years. Um, uh, let's see who else. Miz and Morrison both mm-hmm. have been around well over a decade. Uh, the Hurt Business, Bob Bob Lashley and MVP, been around. Mm-hmm well over a decade Shelton too yeah 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 and like Cedric's not a, fe- a featured uh, player in that act I mean nah. let's just let's just be real um Randy Orton been around for nearly two decades <laughs> Bray Wyatt is absolute death as a character mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre kind of new but uh has still been around like 12 years <laughs> <laughs> He's the fresh-faced youngster of the group. Been around over a decade. Uh, there, there was a uh, Nia Jackson Lana match on the show 
where they made uh, Lana take one of her shoes off because a pervert writes these shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a bad roster. <laughs> it's a really bad roster. Well, yeah, it's it's full <laughs> of... <laughs> like, Asuka, who's been the women's champion, was the, you know, placeholder, filler, top female star when Becky Lynch announced she was pregnant. Um, and then after SummerSlam, after borrowing a SmackDown wrestler to feud her with for three months, they were like, well, got nothing for you. You're just going to kind of hang around. And they, so the women, the women's division, which was maybe previously a saving grace on some of these shows, is also pretty pretty weak right now, at least on the Raw side. So, yeah, and they've, they've been teasing this or building this Naya and Lana thing for what feels like centuries now. And they blow it off with Lana pinning Naya, and then they do an injury angle, and now Asuka needs a new partner. Right. Well, so Charlotte, we, Charlotte's we want, coming back. We, so. Sure. But, like, we like Lana enough that we're going to make her this featured character and create this preposterously bad storyline around her and how how she's been bullied. Um, but we don't like her enough that we're going to, like, really do anything with her at the end. <laughs> like, she still just got beat up again at the end of the show. It's not... It's not like she's in a better spot or better is better positioned to be a big television star from here. No, no, it's not like oh well, she was a bad wrestler at the start of this, and by the end, she put in a bunch of work and became a good wrestler. It's like no, she's still no. a very bad wrestler at the end of all this. Sure is, um, <laughs> and it's just interesting that that's like that's who they focused on when people that I have been hearing that. Vince and other people are high on for going on like (laughs) half a decade now, like Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans, who are on that brand, are just, they're just not really on the show. And Lana and Nia Jax and the singles women's champion are in a tag team feud for some reason. Yeah, it's it's definitely, there are a lot of bizarre choices both in terms of the featured players and the creative and I don't know how you begin to fix it other than removing the head of creative who can who cannot be removed. Say what you will about the strategy of phasing out or cutting every guy over 40 in yeah. the mid-90s, but it did kind of force you to make new stars. Like, yeah. And I know it's, it's a different business now. And obviously they, they came very close to going out of business when Shawn Michaels was the champion while Hulk Hogan was while Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were and Ric Flair were you know kicking their asses on the other show like I get that it's not an exact science not thing you have to cut everyone but if you've been on TV for let's say more than six years doing basically the same thing for all of that time get them out get them out Either take them off TV, come back with a fresh coat of paint in six months and a new direction, or cut them. I would argue that you almost need to cycle people in and out faster than you did 25 years ago. 
mm-hmm. because there's so much more product today than there was 25 years ago. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, it's it's just it's particularly when you have all these indie stars in their 30s in, down in NXT who clearly aren't making a difference on Wednesday nights in terms of viewership. And uh, why don't we just go ahead and, and put them on the big show and see what they can do. And I don't mean literally physically put them on the big show. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that too. But if <laughs> well, that's but, intriguing, though. <laughs> yeah, that would that would that would be different. That would be a new direction for the television show. But yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't know what seasoning uh, Adam Cole needs at this point, um, other than to maybe wear wear some really really thick lifts in his shoes. Um, Maybe he needs to wear one of those inflatable sumo suits. <laughs> Yokozuna 2.0. Yeah, there we go. Now we're thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's. Uh, I mean, I was intrigued. Obviously, there was a story in the Observer last week about Vince sending all of the large men to go, go work with Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce. <laughs> Uh, including Keith Lee, which is hilarious. And speaking of which, speaking of new people they could be pushing right now, you remember when Keith Lee pinned Randy Orton clean in like four minutes? I had to be reminded of this, actually. <laughs> because, no, yeah. I didn't remember. Yeah, no, he pinned him clean with a powerbomb. And then uh, the result of that, that was Randy Orton got a title match and won the belt and feuded with Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Didn't even like have Keith Lee challenge Jordan for the belt on like TV or something to play off of that. No, they just no, forgot that, about. It. Yeah, that would that would have made sense. They could they had they they had a built-in new top guy and they decided not to do anything with him because, well, there might be reasons for that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I just so if if the idea is well we're we're going back to big guys now but we got to teach them to work first. That's. Again, that's at least something different than that they've been doing, I suppose. If we're, we're going to take Otis and uh, AJ's pal and and Keith Lee, and we're gonna we're gonna turn them into the new, it's gonna be the land of the giants again, pal. Well, there's the the huge problem with that is that of that group, it was like it was almost uh, Keith Lee, Otis, uh, Mace, and I forget the fifth guy. It doesn't really matter. But of those four, clearly Keith Lee is the guy with the most mm-hmm. ability. He's demonstrated ability to get over. First double champion in NXT, blah, 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 blah. Has a decade of great matches on the indies. He's not. Watch Dio Madden, Mace of <laughs> Retribution. Mm-hmm. Watch him be the guy to get the push out of that group. And why? Because on Raw on Monday, he had a wrestling match straight out of 1995 with Ricochet. Ricochet in the role of enhancement talent and Mace in the role of 1995 Kevin Nash. A boring, unexciting, stiff, big man match where the little (laughs) guy just bounces around like a pinball while the big guy stands there. And that's how they want their big guys to move because they haven't watched any wrestling but their own in the last 25 years. Well, and you're, I mean, you're not going to learn how to 
be a good wrestler in the performance. That's not what the performance center is for. It's for doing calisthenics and lifting weights and stuff. Also, the two people teaching the big man how to work are, God bless his soul, I like Adam Pierce, but a guy who never made it, mm-hmm. and Drew Gulak, a small technical wrestling expert. Yeah, that was kind of the part that didn't make a lot of sense to me. I was like, like maybe maybe they can't afford like <laughs> they can't Paul White's full time uh, <laughs> full time instructor uh, salary would be too high. I don't know. It seems like I mean Undertaker's got to be looking for a job now, right? Well, they signed him to like a fifty year contract, so right, got to get some use out of it. Send him down there to instruct the big men how to work, right? All of this would make more sense than the, the word they got out of the, what they've done. I think it is worth pointing out, apropos of nothing, that Keith Lee is not helping his cause. Um, he's clearly gained a lot of weight since he went to the main roster. And so now Vince wants him to work like Mark Henry. And, I mean, he's he's not as strong as Mark Henry, but he's like twice the athlete Mark Henry was. Yes. So Um, I think, I think Keith needs to lose some weight. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, that's certainly wouldn't help, right? There's a, there is a, a certain physique in mind. Um, there's a reason there's a reason. And again, I know that you're not, you're not body shaming him, but like, there's a reason that like his first night on the main run, roster they put him in a t-shirt like yes they completely changed his look and that was again as you said before he gained uh, a little bit more weight and got a little got a little rounder still like yes so it's not it's not going to help your cause if you if you already have a non-traditional uh physique and you gain right <laughs> when and i'm, uh, and I'm not is open. I'm not saying he should look like Randy Orton either. I'm just saying, you know, maybe, maybe don't put on weight on the main roster. But what do you know? What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna send him to the performance center to teach him how to work. That's what you're gonna do. Um, they gotta teach gray hair Keith Lee how to work. <laughs> Keith Lee's really old too. He's 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 older than I am. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna teach that guy how to work. Uh, yeah, I I uh, he they that's another one of those guys. They could have had him like any time they wanted him, yes. and they waited so long. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what 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 other than yeah maybe. Do more sit-ups. I don't really know what, what at this point. It seems like once... I mean, that's always the uh, the thing, right? Once the old man has made up his mind about you, it's real hard to shake that, uh, shake that uh, label, whether it's deserved right. or not. Right. So maybe it's like the Jericho Kofi Kingston story. Maybe Keith Lee just needs to challenge Vince to a fight. Yeah, now we're talking... Just tackle him on the plane. Just tackle him on the plane. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
That'll that'll finally change his perception of him. I don't know. I don't know how he, I don't know how we begin to fix any of this, but there are a lot of problems there right now, and all of this builds to WWE TLC this Sunday on the award-winning WWE Network. Woo! The New Day will defend the Raw Tag Titles against the Hurt Business. I guess the duo of Cedric and Shelton. And uh, because all the African-American wrestlers must either team or fuse with one another. <laughs> Seriously, man. Yes, because we're sure Bill Watts isn't <laughs> running this territory, right? I'm not sure of anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, either way, these guys have wrestled so many times. I love I love when WWE storylines go this direction, where part of the story becomes... These guys have wrestled each other 55 times and one team keeps winning every time. <laughs> and the good guys point out, hey, we've beaten you guys like 10 times already. And then they just wrestle again anyway. I love when WWE points out the monotony of its storytelling style and then just doesn't change any of it. Right, and they just keep wrestling until the heels win. <laughs> right. <laughs> until we get the sad ending. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, Sasha Banks will defend the SmackDown Women's title against Carmella for the second time in 10 days. They did a okay match with a horrendous finish on SmackDown last week where Sasha was disqualified for dominating Carmella. <laughs> they have Carmella, they have they gave her a new bodyguard. This is a guy that they hired from Cirque du Soleil. I'm not I'm not making any of this up. Sure. <laughs> um I d- don't think this feud is designed uh to take the belt off of Sasha, but also she went and got a Star Wars TV show on her own and they're clearly not happy about it because they haven't mentioned it on TV once. Yeah, she was uh she was back in the the finale this week. Um yeah, the uh, tornado DDT. Yeah, she sure did. Uh, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting <laughs> because Carmella is uh, the fifty third person on the roster to decide that it was the fans' fault. Uh, <laughs> as a as a <clears throat> commentator, and best wishes to him. I know he's going through some health things right now. Jim Valley likes to say WWE's favorite favorite phrase is because of the fans everyone is a bad guy because of the fans because it's very it's lazy storytelling and you don't really have to come up for a reason to justify anyone becoming a new character if you can just say it's because of the fans um and yeah that's another example of that yeah this doesn't feel like it's time to take the belt off of sasha but also, you know, Carmella's an attractive blonde woman, so that's always a point in some in uh, in her favor. Yes, 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 she is. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Roman Reigns will defend the Universal title against Kevin Owens in a TLC match, and the build to this match has been sad sack Kevin Owens getting laid out every week. <laughs> And speaking of, like, stopgap title uh, challengers, I get it, right? That's what Kevin Owens' lot is. He's not going to be 
your top guy. He's the guy who feuds with the top heel until you've got your your next top guy ready. I get it. Because they feel like he's injury prone or might take his ball and go home if they try to make him work during a pandemic or something. Yeah. (laughs) A real prima donna, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're never going to push him seriously again. He has a reputation for being a busybody. What with him demanding there be COVID testing every week at the (laughs) performance center. What a psycho. Um, But anyway, I get it. He's not going to be your guy. He's the guy. He's a placeholder. That's fine. That being said, just for the sake of, like, good storytelling, uh, it would make sense to not have the guy, the hero, the underdog that we're supposed to get behind against this new villainous powerhouse Roman Reigns. It would generally be good if we had, like, the slightest inkling that the guy we're supposed to be rooting for has a chance. Like, the tiniest chance. Even if it's just, like, he keeps beating up Jey Uso, Roman's lackey, and Roman just backs off from him every time. Or sneak attacks him or something. That would at least be something. But no, it's just... Roman just keeps beating his ass every week. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe just don't have him do any physicality at all. Mm-hmm. How, how about... You got Roman Reigns, who's been a very good talker in this role. He's got Paul Heyman, one of the legendary talkers of all time, right next to him. You got Kevin Owens, a very gifted promo. How about you just let him do a lot of talking and don't have him touch until the pay-per-view? Yeah, I think that would be fine. You have Owens beat. You've got a thousand people you're not doing anything with. Have Owens get some wins on television. And then, yeah, keep, keep them apart until the pay-per-view and then Roman Reigns can soundly defeat him and prove that he's, you know, and you can continue doing what you're doing, but you also in the process don't also make one of your supposed heroes look, uh, look ineffective and cowardly. Yes. Sad sack, Kevin Owens, uh, women's tag title match, Naya and Shayna Baszler are defending against Asuka and a mystery partner, presumably Charlotte. Charlotte's taking her comeback selfies and posting them on social media. She's at the gym. She's in airports. Uh, pretty clear that Charlotte's coming back soon. And uh, what better place? Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, you can, you can... You can do whatever you want with that. I think it's fine. You bring bring her back and turn her heel immediately and make Oscar Oscar look like a dum dum for teaming with her, and then she just like drops down off the apron and Oscar gets pinned by the tag champs. That's probably what what's going to happen, right? Yeah, that seems pretty likely, for sure. Uh, but regardless, that's a uh, that's a match that's happening. Uh, the Fiend. We'll be wrestling Randy Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. God only knows what that means. <laughs> well, if it's like a regular Inferno match, it'll be bad. But it's a Bray Wyatt Inferno match, so it will be bad and also dumb. Yeah. What's the obsession with Randy Orton and fire? Um, well, you see, it's subtle symbolism that harkens back to their previous food where he also lit something on fire. Yeah, but he, he burned up the Undertaker one time, too. Oh, yeah, that wasn't even the first time 
Randy Orton's burned a coffin on on WWE television. Yeah, like did somebody Unless see other things he set on fire? Did somebody see like the uh, the untold or whatever about him and the Undertaker feud and just decide, hey, we haven't done this in fifteen years, let's do it again? I guess so. Although generally, you would maybe not do it with the exact same guy if you were going to do that. Because I'm fine with you repeating stuff if it's if it's a good visual or whatever. I just maybe not with the exact same guy. Yeah, there's no way Vince remembers that they did that 15 years ago. It's probably a really easy thing for like the writers to like pitch that to him. It's just like, well, he liked it before, and there's no way he remembers it, so just pitch him that same thing again. Probably every yeah. time they do a ring-breaking spot, he's like, that's the greatest damn thing I've ever seen. Like, no way he remembers any of those. No. Nah. Which is why we went, like, fit... Ten years between spots the first time, and now we've done it like three times in the last three years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. More is more. Right, and then uh, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles for the title in a TLC match, where they've made it clear that it's going to be Drew against AJ, Miz, Morrison, and Omos. Yeah, and maybe with what they set up on. Uh... On Raw Monday with Miz and Morrison pinning Keith Lee, um, maybe maybe like Keith Lee comes down and evens the odds. I don't think AJ's winning the belt here. So although maybe after that number they'll panic and do something wacky, but <laughs> um, but no, I think I think Drew's probably retaining here, and you probably have like Keith Lee and maybe Riddle or somebody else uh, show up to help, and then you can do six you can do a six man feud for the next four weeks until you're finally ready to try again, like two weeks out from the rumble. That sounds about right. Uh, Smackdown this week on FS one. So no one's going to watch that show. Just like no one watched raw this week. AEW did a bad number this week after, well, relatively speaking after like two of their best numbers in a year, uh, back to back, they did a very normal number this week with a very nothing show. Um, and then they're on after the NBA this coming week. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, what's your feelings on the uh, AW product right now? So it was interesting. We talked about this. Obviously, we didn't do a show last week, but we talked about um, how overstuffed the uh, last week's show had had been just every single segment had a run-in or an angle after the match or you know something within angle within an angle and all this stuff is just so stuffed uh poorly timed out show um yes. and i and we were talking about it how it's like despite them overstuffing it with sting and shack and all this other stuff they didn't really like directly build to anything on this past Wednesday's show. Like they announced a couple things like, uh, well, actually I don't even know if they announced it. I don't think they announced it on the air. They did. They did a big 14 man tag. Um, they shot the angle for that, but they didn't do that match. Um, right. I think they announced sting would be on the show again, but other than that, like they didn't, with that larger audience that they had coming off of a titles change and Sting coming back and all that stuff, I didn't feel like they maximized 
their potential. And, and again, I think the number would have been down regardless. Uh, but it was down, what, you know, total viewership, 150,000 viewers and down in, down in the key demos as well. So I do think if they had maybe put their best foot forward a little bit more and been like, and if you come back next week, you'll get, and I don't, again, maybe people just wouldn't have been interested in, in it, but it, it doesn't hurt to advertise stuff, especially if you think you have a big audience like tell them, give a, give us reasons to keep on, on coming back because clearly there's, you know, 150 to 200 thousand people who uh, are are not going to tune in live every week or maybe not watch at all every week, and that did tune in for those two weeks of shows. And it's like, yeah, that's you got to keep it, you got to keep it rolling. I understand not every week, and thankfully not every week can be or should be that stuffed and that overstuffed and you can't do a big angle and a title switch every week but they didn't really build to anything they're like well Shaq and Cody are going to have a confrontation someday and Sting came out and said hey everyone I'm Sting I'm here and then that was you know and that yeah a bunch of stuff happened and then MJF retained the dynamite diamond ring in the main event of that show and then this week there was some stuff I mean, around the time that, uh, God bless them, but uh, Max Max Caster's team and SCU was on Dynamite and not AEW Dark, I was like, wow, this is a a much lighter show. Yes. Anytime Dustin Rhodes gets promo time on the big <laughs> show. God bless Dustin. Hey, he and, he, he and Brody Lee did over a million viewers that one week. That's right. The mysteriously missing Brody Lee. Yeah, like, I I was just, like, trying to figure out what's going on with that. And, like, it's an ankle injury. Is it? Because I feel like there wouldn't be, like, no mention of him anywhere on television ever if it was just an injury. But It's, it's quote-unquote, a state secret. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I hope nothing's wrong. Um, but yeah, that's pretty bizarre. He won the title, lost it back to Cody, then is not mentioned. Not even in like be, being the elite skits and stuff. Nope. 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 Very strange. Oh boy. Um what else do we have here? Uh oh, Triple H um has decided that NXT needs a developmental system. And so he's going to let um large adult <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky uh run a developmental for the developmental show. So evolve. He's he's gonna have him run evolve. Yes, just under the WWE auspices. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I mean, hey, you do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just thought that was funny. It's like Triple H's brand new idea. He's creating a developmental for developmental, and and he's putting Gabe Sapolsky in charge. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's <laughs> so it's evolve again. We're doing evolve again. Well, Gabe. Gabe took Evolve and proved over the course of about a decade that 
You can make no money with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what else? I mean, he's got a proven track record in that uh, in that department of. He definitely uh, does. Not making money, <laughs> so. So he's fine in this. Well, he doesn't have to make money. Sure. He just has to. They gotta. They gotta get some people that, you know, of all that talent they have stockpiled, they gotta start getting some of them work. I get that. You want it to be on TV. I don't know if it's actually gonna be on TV or if it's gonna be a network show or what the deal is. But Mm -hmm. like as an idea, it's fine. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think especially when you, if you no longer have those uh, Florida NXT house shows, right? Uh, where you know a couple, like some of the green guys who you're hoping are are going to be something can work with the more established stars, um, and and good workers. I I think it makes sense. There's, I have nothing against the idea. I just thought the way it was phrased when the uh, Report. I think I forget who it was. Rest, Wrestle Inc. or one of those places that had the exclusive story about it. It was just like <laughs> Triple H's brand new idea is to do the thing they were doing before under a different name. Yep. And then I guess uh, Rover or one of those guys was like, Gabe was really upset when he wasn't named head writer for NXT. I so first, first of all, who is head writer for NXT? The Road Dog, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I hope so. Secondly, uh, and so then Gabe tweeted, uh, stuff gets so overblown. It's like, Gabe, Gabe, some of this stuff <laughs> mm. is without a doubt coming from you or your burner accounts, right? <laughs> Gabe Spolsky famously like, would like get in arguments with people on forums when they criticize yes. him of ROH in the mid-2000s. Yeah, Would like email people screaming expletives at them in all caps for saying that his storyline making was pedestrian and that he was just coasting off of talents like Chris Hero and CM Punk and Joe yes. and all of them. Yeah. Just famously a very uh, gotten to man. I'll just say that. Very, very petty, very mad online. Yes. He was right about David Starr, but not for the reasons he was mad at David Starr for. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, um, Let's see. By the time we do a show covering topical wrestling again, the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom cards will have come and gone. I assume Kota Ibushi is going to be holding double gold at the end of night two of Wrestle Kingdom. He faces Tetsuya Naito on night one for both the IWGP World and Intercontinental titles because reasons. Mm -hmm. And then on night two, the winner of that match faces Jay White. And they're expecting, I don't know this because Japan's having having another COVID flare-up as we speak here a couple of weeks out from the show. Um, but they're expecting somewhere like 20,000 people. I don't know if that's both nights combined or one night or each night, but basically half of what they drew last year or something like that. And um, what do you think of these lineups? That's the, that's the big deal. And then you get, you know, the same kind of 
uh, match on night one, Hiromu and El Fantasmo, and then the winner of that on night two wrestles the champ. So you have new junior heavyweight champion at the end of night two. Just lots of uh, lots of shenanigans in the booking to justify two dome shows. Yeah, um, it's it definitely feels like it could be a really strong one night show. <laughs> Um, that's being split into two nights. Um, certainly Okada and Osprey is the, I think the one that's going to catch your eye, uh, or certainly caught mine as far as you're, you're thinking match of, uh, you know, match of the night or match of the nights, I guess. Um, obviously there's going to be a lot of emotion tied up into Abushi and Naito and then Abushi versus Jay White, assuming Abushi wins on night one. Um, That's the, yeah. So there's there that could certainly, from a crowd perspective, could be could be really exciting and memorable as well. Um, and then yeah, the rest of the shows, yeah, those junior junior matches will be good. We got Taichi and my man's Taichi and Zack Saber Junior against the Gorillas of Destiny. Does anyone ever win the World Tag League besides the Gorillas of Destiny at this point? It's the first time they've won it. Really, I feel like they're always in the fi- I feel like they're always in the Tokyo Dome title match anyway, whether well, they win or not. They're usually the champions. That's why. Oh, okay. That's they're, okay. They're, they've tied. They're tied for the most tag heavyweight tag title reigns ever with six. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're now we're on the same page. But uh, yeah, like the rest of the show looks fine. You've doing that evil and Sonata match, which at a time I thought would have been like a really big match to do. And now it's just kind of a match on the show. Um, yeah. Like I, I, like I said, I, th- I think there'll be some great wrestling. Hiroshi Tanahashi wrestling Kurito Khan is a weird one, man. <laughs> they're yeah. They've um, clearly they're facing Tanahashi down. That's one way to do it. I guess they're actually doing it this time, as opposed to the previous five times that we thought they were phasing Tanahashi down, and then he, you know, went went and became the most popular guy in the company again. Yeah, I would. Uh, I see. I would not like spend the better part of a year telling telling the audience this guy is old and broken down before I went and tried to give a young guy a rub. By having a beat him, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah, you think maybe Great Okan would get more out of it if Hiroshi Tanashi wasn't coming off like, uh, what was he like three and seven or something in G1 this year? It was it was bad. I don't remember the, the, the total, but yeah, it was a losing record. And yeah. uh, and he and uh, Toa Hinari won one match in the World Tag League. Woof. Um, <laughs> hey, well, we never, we never questioned Gato. <laughs> Despite here's, the past year, you know we usually talk about how like Chad Gable or whoever needs to get out of WWE. Toa Hinari, Toa Hinari needs to get out of New Japan. Hmm. He's really good. He's got a great look, great physique. He can work. They treat him like a job guy. He's got to get out of there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that's worked out pretty well for guys who have left and gone elsewhere and and then come back. So I. 
if that yeah if, if your goal is to be a main eventer in a place that doesn't seem to see you as that way leave and go somewhere else and prove them wrong and then come back a couple of years later sure. uh that's 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 always a good idea but yeah yeah overall i think it'll be there'll be fun shows but yeah like i said it feels like one what could be a really strong one one night show is being watered down into two nights so Yep, also got Mr. Charisma Jeff Cobb wrestling Shingo <laughs> Takagi for the Never Open Way Championship. Could be really good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Shingo Takagi match. I've seen a lot of bad Jeff Cobb matches, but mm. that's neither here nor there. The real, if there's an intriguing point or a uh, potential surprise here, you know, John Moxley hasn't been on AEW television since mm. losing the world title a few weeks back, and they're still doing the two-week quarantine deal if you travel to Japan. And the more Dave Meltzer writes John Moxley is not working Wrestle Kingdom, the more <laughs> I feel like John Moxley is working Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> and I guess. It's not announced yet, but Kenta and Juice Robinson are going to wrestle on night one, I'm assuming, for the IWGP US title briefcase. So wouldn't it make sense if you were not expecting John Moxley to be able to come over soon? Wouldn't you have stripped him of that title a long time ago? And why not just do Moxley against the winner on night two? Yeah, that would make a ton of sense to me. Uh, the way you've laid it out makes makes a lot of sense. Um, and obviously, Kenta has been really aggressively like teasing that match on social media for a while now. And yes, so yes, it would it would it would make a lot of sense if they wrestle on night one, and then Moxley comes out as the big surprise, and you you set up the match for the next night. That makes that makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. Dave says it's not happening. So, mm. I don't know about that. All right. Um, all right. As is tradition, I'm going to do a truncated version of the story this year, but on the uh, TLC show every year, I tell the story of the time that I had a shoot stairs match. Uh, I was living in an apartment house, had several roommates. It's a bad situation, but financially, it was the only way I could live in the area I wanted to live in. So, I had several roommates. One night, 2 o'clock in the morning, one of them bursts into my bedroom, says, the building's on fire, we need to get out of here. The building was not on fire, but I had some encounters with him in the previous days, where uh, and his brother-slash-caretaker had been calling and saying he's off his medication, I'm worried about him. Mm. I had some strange encounters with the guy, so he breaks into my bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, hey, the uh, the... House is on fire. We got to get out of here. Uh, I decide to humor the man who's off his medication. We run out of the house. He tries to drag some of the other roommates physically out of the house. He breaks one of the guy's ribs. Uh, I'm the only one that actually leaves the house. He follows me, says, no, we need to get out of here. The place is on fire. And I'm like, all right, I'm going, I'm going. And then I'm, like, slowly walking away from the building trying to figure out, what the heck am I going to do here? Like, I, I don't know what I'm... Like, should I get in my car? I have, I got my keys. I got my cell phone. 
I'm wearing pajama pants, flip-flops. Uh, it's middle of winter. It's cold. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So then he decides I'm not moving quickly enough for him. He runs up to me and starts punching me and making me run. So we run like half a mile <laughs> mm-hmm. with him punching me every time he catches up to me. And we run up uh, to the water uh, where like, we're surrounded on three sides by buildings and one side by water. So we really can't run anywhere else. So now he's decided we're going to have a confrontation. He tries to hockey fight me. He pulls my shirt off. Or I let him pull my shirt off instead of pulling it up over my head. I'm not uh, getting in any offense here because I've decided this man is clearly sick. I don't want to try to fight a sick guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to cover up and um, I'm not going to let him throw my keys away. And I don't want to knock out any of my teeth. So my priorities were uh, protect my teeth and protect my keys. He knocked my, I started calling 911. I'm like, look, there's this guy who's off his meds who's chasing me through the streets at two o'clock in the morning he knocks the cell phone out of my hand it falls under a car so now it's just me and him and he's uh beating me up now that we can't run anymore you know he's punching me in the back punching me in the arms i was able to block pretty much everything to the face and the head uh kept kept my teeth kept my keys but we started grappling here uh, sort of having a colossal tussle, if you will, near <laughs> near uh, some stairs that would um, that went down to uh, like a, a basement entryway to this restaurant. So uh, we start tussling near there near those stairs, and he's decided I'm going down the stairs, and I've decided I'm not going down the stairs. So it's a shoot stairs match at that point. <laughs> And ultimately, he punches himself out, bruising my arms and my back and my chest in the process. But then he calmly walks down the stairs, sits in the entryway, and says, I am tired now. Um, and he kind of sounded like uh, uh, Ivan Dragov from Rocky IV. Mm. <laughs> so at that point, I slowly back away. I am uh, shirtless, in pajamas, and flip-flops. Uh, in the middle of winter in uh, Fells Point in Baltimore. Uh, and I'm approaching uh, pedestrians and police saying, hey, what's going on here? Anyway, eventually he was taken to a hospital. Um, and uh, no one died. No one lost their teeth. And uh, I didn't lose my keys. And I got my phone back. So uh, that's the time I had a shoot stairs match on the streets of Baltimore at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh yeah, so there you go. Love it, love it, love it more every year. Just want to make it, make it clear. I count I am tired now as a verbal submission. Therefore, <laughs> you didn't just have a shoot stairs match. You won a shoot stairs match. Yeah, so I'll always have, I'll always have that going for me. Well, uh, happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. We are going to do a show next week, but it's going to be uh, taped this week will not be topical 
But no. uh, it, we will have a fun topic to talk that's, about. That's right. So, till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Police Navidad. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Look who's back. Regis is back. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got a beautiful Christmas sweater on there, But you listen, look at yours. You look like a perverted uncle. I do look like a perverted uncle. <laughs> it's true. I'm like creepy uncle for Christmas. <laughs> Very creepy guy. Just play the music. Okay. Just play the One music. more Christmas song. <laughs> Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane. Snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. Well, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. And here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along. A walking in a winter wonderland. Let me take it, son. In the meadow we can build a snowman. Yeah. Pretend that he is Parson Brown. What happened to that accent? He'll say, I am married. We'll say, no man. Well, you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire. Go, Reach. As we dream by the fire. To face unafraid the plans that we made. Walking in a winter wonderland. Okay, get up and dance, Try to keep on keeping on.